Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Chad Cruz. And Chad, we can officially say we have hundreds of subscribers now. Wow. Wow. There are hundreds of intelligent people out there who listen to podcasts, who listen to our podcast. And uh, I, you know what? I just can't wait till we can officially say we have billions that would be nice. I think maybe we should shoot for thousands first, though, uh, uh, and work our way up. Aim high. Aim high, brain. All right. But we do want to thank everybody who has uh, subscribed to us. And if you haven't, do it. Join everybody else. Get in on this uh, on the ground floor of this Bulletproof podcast. And we also want to thank Ryan Campbell, who's in the guest spot, because Ryan Campbell certainly helped us get this show off the ground and keep it afloat for 37 episodes now, Ryan. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to be here uh, and having conversations that we usually just have uh, to ourselves on the interwebs. Right. Yeah, we're not just screaming into a void. We are actually speaking to people out there, fellow action fanatics, and that's a great thing. And as always, we want to encourage you to not only listen to the podcast, but check out the website. The It's bulletproofaction.com. And a lot going on over there, Ryan, and you've just started your coverage of a, a new series a new marvel series on uh, disney plus yes uh, episode two drops tomorrow um episode one was a little depressing we learned that superheroes uh have some ptsd and also um some money problems so it was it was an interesting look into the mcu very uh much different than uh wandavision which you uh, obviously covered for us as well because you are kind of our go-to marvel guy uh at bulletproof action if it's yeah, if it's uh, new and um, somewhat more outside of the realm of uh, niche action, it seems to be my my lane. <laughs> it, it certainly is. And coming up in April, we've got some things going on too, Chad Cruz. Mortal Kombat. Oh, I'm very excited. excited about that one. Awesome trailer. So I've heard from just about everybody on the staff. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I, haven't been, I haven't been here since it came out, so there you go. This is, that's that's one of the few movies that, that's coming out that everyone is kind of clamoring to to review for the site. So it doesn't often happen. So it, it's probably a, a big change for you. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, another thing that's coming, the return of the movie Kumite in April. I've got something uh, cooked up. People have been begging for that. Nobody has, but I, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. because Literally uh, tens of people. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Uh, so I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the benefit I have. Uh, but something coming up before, actually coming up tomorrow when people are listening to this, Chad Cruz, uh, a brand new movie. It's Die Hard at a VA hospital. It's Assault yes. on VA 33. And what a cast that has been assembled for this one. Absolutely. Uh, assault on VA 33, or as I like to call it, Assault on VA... No, you don't. No, you okay. don't. But yeah, Sean Patrick Flannery, Michael Jai White, Mark Dacascos, Weston Kidge Coppola. Uh, I, I just watched the Sean Patrick Flannery film Born a Champion recently, and it, I loved it. It was it was awesome. So I'm pretty excited to, to jump back into another one of his new films. And uh, like you said, Die Hard in a, in a VA hospital. I mean, these movies were a staple of, of you know the late 80s, 90s, 
2000s, basically up until like maybe the last 10 years or so. So I'm excited to see them come back to the uh, direct-to-streaming, direct-to-video genre. Yeah, I mean, last year we had the second uh, with Ryan Philippe, and that was like yeah. Die Hard in a Dormitory. So, and that was an excellent film. I really, that was one of my favorite uh, movies that I reviewed last year. Um, and I, yeah, I've got high hopes for Assault on VA 33 and for the, the Mortal Kombat reboot. And, you know, a lot coming up here on BulletproofAction.com. So, again, check it out. And we also, you know, you never know what you're going to get from day to day. We don't know. So, yeah, it's definitely exciting. <laughs> Exactly. All right, guys, this is the third in this trilogy of podcasts that we have been, we have dubbed the March to WrestleMania. Uh, We've already talked about Roddy Roddy Piper and Hell Comes to Frogtown last time out. It was the ultimate warrior in his one and only movie appearance in Firepower. Today, we are going to talk about John Cena in his motion picture debut the Marine, which was released on October 13th, 2006. This, of course, a WWE film, Chad. Was this their first like official film? I think it might have been. And and I'm not sure. I think they had partnered in a few other ones, but this was like the first of like WWE studios. Yeah, I think this was right when they kind of made that leap into, okay, we're going to fully fund one and uh, it's going to star one of our guys and and see what happens, see if we can make a bunch of money and become like our own film studio as well. But uh, yeah, this movie, I mean, I remember when it came out, I'm sure you do too, Brain and Ryan. Um, it, I don't remember uh, having high expectations for it. Um, I was not the biggest John Cena fan back in 2006, but uh, so I think that, yes, thank <laughs> you. But I think having rewatched it recently, I may have to eat a little crow. Oh, well, I think it's important to remember where John Cena was in 2006 as a character. I mean, that was kind of an out of the blue casting. You're like, really? The dude that like the white guy that raps, like he was still, yeah, this is before he had kind of, he did like a little bit of a gimmick change when the movie came out and started wearing camo shorts and doing the salute thing. But like prior to that, it was a very different character. So it it was, it, it, you know, you had, you had fair ground to stand up to assume it was going to be pretty bad. Vince saw the haircut and was like, okay, we don't have to pay for a haircut. Yes. The body helped too. Vince is a very frugal man. Never spends (laughs) any money. It's true. Uh, Does anybody remember how they excused John Cena from WWE programming to get him to film this movie? What, what the on air uh, storyline? Oh man. I do, but only because I read about it afterwards. (laughs) Okay. So I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder here. Well, I know if you know, I just was. You know, it was John Cena. The storyline was that John Cena was attacked by Carlito and Jesus, his bodyguard. It was actually stabbed in a Boston nightclub. <laughs> and uh, but I don't remember it happening. But I, you know, read that bit of trivia somewhere when I was doing some research yeah. on the Marine. And I was like, wow, I don't remember that at all, but that sounds. Yeah, perfect. I don't, they didn't actually show it. It wasn't like it was a, a, yeah. a, a vignette where he was out partying and they, they showed up. It was just kind of spoke about. In that, that the way. early days of WWE films where they had to like, they tried to be kind of coy about the people that were off filming movies. And now they're just right. like, yeah, they're going to go film a movie. <laughs> now every right. day they talk about it. Right. They yeah. should have had him stabbed by Carlito's friend, Robert Patrick. Oh, well, yeah, that, that yes. would have been uh, a nice tie in for what we're about to get into. 
So yeah, let's get into it. October 13th, 2006, the Marine hit. At this point, though, John Cena was a WWE champion. So now it kind of made more sense. But when you first heard about like Cena's getting this movie, it's like, why? Uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit here, too. Uh, but Chad Cruz, they, they uh, debuted John Triton, who is who is John Cena's character. Give him the same first name, which is always important, I think, yeah. for a first movie. Um, he knows knows when to answer. Um, but, <laughs> but really, I mean, John Triton is basically uh, doing his best John Rambo at the beginning of this movie, Chad. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a great name. Great start. Uh, John Triton is a perfect name for an action star. And uh, like you said, he he bursts through this uh, Al-Qaeda compound uh, all decked out in black. And uh, I don't know which segment, what group of the Marines wear black, but he's in all black. And he's you can't see all, them. Marines. And he's all by himself. And he's re- rescuing these uh, these POWs in uh in an amazing way because not only is he doing it by himself, but he's doing it against orders. Right. They said, hold on, you know, we've got yeah. more guys coming, but he, he did not want to wait. He saw what was about to go down and those Marines may not have been alive by the time everybody else showed up. Amen. Sorry, but judgment call. He, he made it and he paid for it because since he disobeyed a direct order, he's discharged. And that brings us to an interesting little point because rumor had it that Randy Orton was actually slated for this movie, which probably would have made more sense at the time, but Randy Orton legitimately was discharged from the Marines after he went AWOL. So they thought maybe that would be a, maybe not the best look. Yeah. I thought the whole story behind the whole Randy Orton AWOL was, uh, there was like some hazing and he ratted on some people and then he feared and then he feared for his life. So he went AWOL. Yeah. And, and I don't. Yeah, that could be. Um, could and be. I don't know. Also, uh, recently I watched uh, The Condemned and did the 10 Things You Didn't Know. If you want to check that out on BulletproofAction.com, that's the Stone Cold movie. Stone Cold mentioned he was supposed to be involved in this movie at one point, but he turned it down and, and kind of regretted it looking back at after I think probably like, why would I? be in a movie with this guy right right just right. john cena now in the grand scheme of things well he, that would have made sense but oh yeah can you imagine if a movie came out now with john cena and stone cold steve austin you would have a, a commercial every five seconds Ooh. on raw <laughs> uh so yeah um but also props to the movie for actually being ramifications for uh a disobeying an order how many times in movies has that happened they're like i don't like it but you got moxie or something like that i don't know <laughs> yeah like, no, nope, yeah, you disobeyed an order. Here's your papers. If he had been a police officer, they, you know, they would have yelled at him and he would have been okay. But military, they, did, they didn't mess around with that kind of stuff. Right. We had a lot of that in our last episode, Firepower, where yeah. the uh, police captain kept yelling at, uh, at our two heroes, but they still did whatever they wanted. All right. So he's, John Trenton's going home. Uh, and you don't really feel too bad for him for long no. because he's reunited with his hot wife, Kate. And Chad Cruz, he's home for about 32 seconds, and it's afternoon delight time. Yeah, 32 seconds, and then 32 seconds after that, it's <laughs> nap time, I think, for him. But hey, she made him happy. <laughs> yeah, what a what a guy. I mean, what a life, right? So uh, he comes home to Kelly Carlson, an incredibly attractive woman. Who is pretty much telling him that let's just go away on a trip and, yes. and have sex for like two weeks straight. And he's like, I want to go to work. 
and she's just like sitting there waiting for him, you know, like <laughs> what a good wife, you know, but uh, yeah, like you said, they, they get, they catch up on some old times. They certainly do. And uh, while that's going on, we now get to meet our villains um, in particular, the main villain Rome, who is played by Robert Patrick, an excellent choice for a villain, quite obviously. Um, and he's entering an upscale jewelry store. And he's already got people inside. This is a whole, this is a very complex plan that they've hatched here. And, and I would think you would need such a plan, Ryan Campbell, if you're going to try to steal $12 million in diamonds. And that's, that's what I love about it. And just watching the movie, I'm like, man, they, they, I mean, it's still 2006, but they went to like a very tried and true. Uh, yes. The bad guy is going to steal diamonds. <laughs> it's the last time in a movie that revolved around a diamond heist. But, uh, Yep, Robert Patrick, um, a, a unique take on the role. I He's oddly very comedic in the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's trying to do his best Joker impersonation or what, but like, or just didn't want to be typecasted as the stone-faced T-1000, but um, an odd take, I, I, I thought it for the role, and, and maybe like a little too hammy for me, but a, a great, uh, you know, casting choice. Yeah, that's the one thing watching rewatching because I, I watched it when it initially came out on dvd i believe and then i've watched it now for this podcast i forgot chad how goofy these villains act at times yeah and every single one of them has their own little thing um and like you said rome his he hams it up like he he's always kind of telling these jokes and they're not very menacing they're not threatening even when they shoot people i'm like ha <laughs> he said something funny before he did it, you know what I mean? Or, or right after it's just that it, it didn't work for me then. And it's one of the, one of the few things that I still couldn't stand upon rewatching, but uh, we'll get to the other ones later. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the score doesn't really do them any favors either. It's a really yes. mixed bag and there's some like almost carnival esque music a few times, like it's in like the background. It's yeah. Like really a weird. And then we get like some weird porn music every once in a while that like bleeds over into other, into cuts and stuff. It, it, it doesn't help that once the action picks up, like in the final act, the music's really epic, but some of these early scenes with the villains, um, I thought just an odd choice of, of, you know, the score in some of those scenes just to set them up as a, you know, big threat. And you almost wonder, did they do, cause this one had a PG 13 rating. So is, are these bad guys being kind of comedic to get that? So they're not so evil and, and they could get a, a bro- greater audience into the theater because obviously WWE has and always will appeal to a, a younger audience. In, and, in- and it's possible they may not have known what they're going to get out of John Cena at this point. Like he plays it super serious, straight faced, like, action hero and i mean maybe they didn't kind of know what to expect from john so they thought the villains should ham it up a little bit to make him look like more of a badass i don't really know uh, you know because they couldn't look in the future to see what, what john cena was going to become obviously but um i don't know maybe that was part of it too but it, it's just weird that john plays it so straight and then these guys are are you know goofballs but one of my biggest problems is that, as we'll see, John Triton is never like scared of these guys. There's not one of them that really could kick his ass. And he just like three days before this whole incident happens, fought the Al Qaeda. Right. So, well, that could explain why he's not scared. I mean, he was. Yeah, but I'm just saying like right. he went from fighting against Al Qaeda 
like mon like one against how many ever they had to now he's got this villain who's like making jokes and might as well be dancing. I think he played it well. I mean, I think John played the character like how you would expect in an action movie to play it, whether it be his best John Rambo impersonation or not. Um, it just did, you know, didn't gel right with the the way they depicted the villains. But if I had to choose which one I thought played it right, it was John. So the bad guys get the diamonds uh, and it's getaway time. And we get a big, get our first big explosion as some white zombie is playing Malcolm just shoots a rocket at a police car and it just goes airborne and blows up. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, there's one thing you can say for sure is the Marine is a 100% action movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they were successful in that. Uh, And at about this time we get uh, Rome on the telephone talking to a mysterious business partner who's involved kind of, could have been the guy who potentially gave the insider information that because these diamonds, this twelve million dollars in diamonds, just arrived like a couple days before the heist. So there's something going on behind the scenes there. Uh, but now let's go back to John Triton, who, as Ryan pointed out, instead of going away with his wife to bump uglies for hours Downtown. upon hours and days upon days, uh, he's he wants to get to work. He's not a type of guy who could just sit around. Uh, so he gets a job as a security guard and Chad, it is his first and last day on this job. Yeah. He's man. I feel bad for the guy, right? You know what? He's a, he's a war hero. He's got this incredibly hot wife who just wants to take off with him and take care of him. And yet he takes this terrible job, uh, working the most boring security guard position ever. And within what, an hour, a couple hours of being there, <laughs> yeah. he, he has the, you know, the psycho ex-boyfriend or whatever of some woman that works upstairs show up and, and, and starts berating people. And, you know, little John Triton just not going to take that, you know, that, uh, that behavior towards women, especially, I think. So yeah, he throws the guy through a window and I don't know if he gets his paycheck for that day, but it's probably not going to be very much. <laughs> no, no, just a few hours. And he, he did make the news. So that's always fun, I suppose. Uh, so when he gets home, then he finally he agrees with his wife. Yeah, maybe we need some time. So they decide to go off to the mountains. And again, we get an interesting soundtrack choice. Very different than White Zombie. We get Lil Flip and Leah with Sunshine as they're uh, driving up to the mountains. Uh, but you know what? What's a trip without a stop for some snacks, Ryan Campbell? Absolutely. Uh, Starburst minis are one of my go-to in, in snack driving car uh and uh, Slim Jims are good. Slim Jims are great as well. Snap into it. That's right. Ooh, yeah. I'm a hot tamale guy. But yeah, as as uh, as luck would have it, um, and you know, this is how we end up with movies because things like this happen in movie universes. Um, John runs directly into Rome and his crew. Yeah, they're there filling up at the gas station. Uh, but the thing that really kind of sets this whole thing off, Chad, is the Highway Patrol shows up. And Malcolm, who we learn has some things, he doesn't like cops, which we're going to find out in a very Mm -hmm. extreme way. Well, he's already blown up a cop car. He doesn't like rock candy and he doesn't like minivans. Uh, So Rome is pumping gas. One of the highway patrol guys is just, you know, BSing with him. A little small talk. And uh, Malcolm just kills him. Uh, Yeah. It's extreme. Not not the best decision maker uh, on the crew. Um, the Highway Patrolman was a little, little too curious, I would say. Yeah. 
Um, he sees the bumper sticker on the back of, of Rome's vehicle and starts asking questions about it. And, and it felt like Rome was kind of on top of that. You know, he had the right answers to get away with it. But yeah, Malcolm's a little on edge. And, the, you know, the bad thing is he's bringing up all these things that he doesn't like. And I can play that game, too. I don't like the music. I don't like the villains. And I definitely don't like John Cena's pants in this movie. <laughs> Very good. He's got pockets for days. Got some cargoes. <laughs> Probably got those at Old Navy. Baggy, baggy jeans. Not good look. At least he's not riding a purple cow around. <laughs> True. He's the spokesman for whatever that mortgage thing or oh, whatever. Yeah, now he yeah, rides yeah. a purple cow around. That's got a big fat check attached to it, yeah. though. So while John's inside, you know, John's inside getting all these snacks and whatnot, uh, and he hears the shots, and but that's that's all he needs. He immediately springs into action. But there's Bennett, and I want to talk about this right now. How many movies, action movies, have a character named Bennett in it? Yeah, that's a popular bad guy name. Um, What's well, a good guy name too in Death Wish Three? I suppose. Yeah, we got like, an, and he got a little Bennett, and this one is a little Frank Grillo, uh, you know, Kirkland's brand. Manu Bennett, I believe, plays that character. You are correct. And I believe he's in The Condemned with uh, Stone Cold. He was my favorite villain. He's my favorite villain because he's the only one who isn't a complete idiot. Yeah. And he doesn't just randomly do things to make the plot worsen. Um, he seems to be actually uh, good at crime. Yeah, right. he's a bright future. <laughs> bright future. Yeah, he's a legit villain. The other thing I wanted to point out here was the fire extinguisher. Because that knocks Triton the F out and made me think of how many times in wrestling has a fire <laughs> extinguisher come into play. And instead of using it the way that Bennett does, like use the tank, the hard part, you know, they just do the you know cheap effect of, of actually ex- blowing the load on him. Yeah. Yeah. Blowing the load on him. Thank you very much. Because listen, brain, if you knock the guy out, what good is that? He's knocked down on the outside. It's going to be a count out. Maybe you can pick him up and roll him in to cover right. him. But if you blind him, then you can get him back in the rain easier. You pin him, you, you win. There you go. Maybe I've, been, you. maybe I've been listening to too much Jim Cornette. I don't know. <laughs> you give him a back rake, a good back rake. Oh. No, that's not going to do anything good. So during all this chaos now, thanks to Malcolm, uh, Rome does not have his Cadillac anymore. He cannot use that to go anywhere. So he just takes over Triton's navigator. But the problem is Kate is still inside the car waiting for her. I don't know. uh, Hostess Donetti's. I don't know what she was waiting for, but no, she wanted a Diet Coke, I believe actually. So uh, yeah, she's now a hostage. We have a hostage situation, Chad Cruz. Yeah. I mean, she wanted that hot meat stick too, but Diet Coke (laughs) is what she's selling for. The biggest problem with that, okay, so we've already seen that Rome is willing to kill people. Right. Kate is the worst hostage I've ever seen. They should have shot her like a dozen times throughout this film. Um, And why they don't, I really don't understand. Yeah, they don't exactly need her. I know. Yeah, they don't need her for any reason. Rome does kind of think she's attractive and has takes a liking to her. So there's possible, like, you know, he kind of hits on her later and stuff. So maybe that's why, but. He does it in a weird way, almost as if he's like legitimately trying to get her to be his girlfriend. Like, hey, let's take this girl out and you can take her place. He's shooting a shot. I mean, he's trying. I mean, you don't get to that position at Rome's in with a lot of people telling you no. So, you know, there's probably a reason that he 
behaves that way. So here we go. Explosion number two. John comes comes to, thankfully, before this whole gas station just blows up to kingdom come. And uh, he comes out there. He sees the one cop is dead dead already. The other cop is injured. He, he calls for help for him. Then he jumps in this highway patrol Camaro. Is that something? Is that a legitimate thing? Does highway patrol have they, Camaros? They, they do. I think Doesn't this one say, like, paid for by your local drug dealer or something on it? I think it did, yes. So I think this is like, you know, when they, they do a big drug bust, sometimes they'll uh they'll like take the car from somebody. Yeah, it's not unheard of. Yeah. And a lot of times though, it just kinda stays at the precinct and maybe is in like parades and stuff. it's the rare that they actually like yeah, it's rare that they actually, you know, take it out and that's just what they patrol in. But you know, some some places do have I've seen uh you know, the, the Shelby Mustang that this place has, or this place has a Corvette that they barely use or, you know, stuff like that. It's not unheard of. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, and so obviously we we get a car chase, a good old fashioned car chase, yeah. uh, with a little road work thrown in. So, you know, it's not, not just a smooth sailing for either our, our villains or our hero. Uh, but man, this, this car chase, Chad ends, uh, pretty spectacularly. Yeah, I mean the whole chase is is pretty spectacular if you ask me because it's not only a car chase; it's a it's a pretty good shootout. Yep. Um, well, I don't know. John's not exactly shooting back, but um, I, I think he might have gotten a couple shots off at the very beginning. But but they unload an unbelievable amount of, of rounds at his car. It continues to drive, which is surprising, and he doesn't get hit, which is also very surprising because they. They are unleashing hell on this guy. And uh, as you said, at the very end, Rome is kind of smart enough to, to see the the topography as he's as he's driving uh, towards this cliff. And he pulls the old whoopsie and John goes flying over him, flipping his car, uh, revealing the gas tank. And they blow the shit out of that car. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and obviously they think. All right, he's dead. We yeah, don't he have did like to a house, Yeah, he did a house show dive out of it. Yeah, I will. I will certainly give them credit on this one. Um, this is the first of many times they'll assume that he dies. Um, but this one, uh, yeah, I, I can't blame them. If there's n- these guys have probably killed a lot of people in their time, and there's no reason not to believe that he is completely dead. Right. I mean, they should have been surprised he survived the whole gas station thing because you know last they saw him, he was laying on the floor. And then the whole place blew up. Yeah. Now, as the movie goes on, at some point, you think they would be like, all right, I need to see a body before I believe that he's right. Dead. Right. And we, so we're in, are we in South Carolina? Is that where we are? That's where the movie is set. Correct. Okay. Because I'm thinking, I'm like going back to this gas station incident. And I mean, this is the South. I'm pretty surprised. In real life, I'm thinking that gas station attendant comes out with a shotgun and starts lighting people up. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's, you know, they didn't think about that because obviously this was actually shot in Australia. Uh, ah. Yes, but but yes, the, the storyline is it's in South Carolina. All right, so yeah. here comes an interesting piece of, of the film that I'm sure Chad Cruz is a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And that is the fact that Kate and Angela, who is uh, the evil lady, the, the lover of Rome, uh, they don't get along, Chad. And they're teasing real early on with these two that uh, we might be seeing some action between them. Cat yep, so fight. 
Scissor fight. <laughs> like Arn Anderson and Sid? Is that what you Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Kate and Angela, both attractive women. Um, Kate fights everybody, so that's no surprise. But Angela is usually the one to step up and knock her ass out. So, uh, Or Rome. But Kate gets knocked unconscious at least three times in this film. She's feisty. She probably needed some concussion protocol after this. <laughs> Seriously. Those so. marine wives are feisty. Get her in the tent. So yeah, they, they definitely tease that and, and hope we at this point just hope that it's paid off. Um, so the gas, station, the gas station incident, uh, now there's a whole manhunt going on for Rome and his crew. But Rome has the bright idea, Chad, that he's going to take the team and they're going to kind of go along this wooded, swampy area uh, and the trees will give him cover. The boats are going to have trouble getting to him because of, you know, the swamp is the swamp. Uh, so it's, a, I guess, a pretty good plan as they're trying to meet up with this this mysterious business partner. Um, what do you think about the plan, Chad? Uh, well, the more you think about it, the worse the plan gets. But, you know, on, on the surface, I think it's okay. I mean, a lot of these departments have dogs and they would just probably sniff them out mm-hmm. in like an hour. But um, yeah, because they're moving so slow. But I'll accept it. It's plausible, I guess, that they could get away in the swamp. But uh, it's better than them like hijacking another car and just driving longer. I mean, if their business partner was Zartan, it would have been a brilliant plan. There we go. I do wonder. I mean, I've been to Myrtle Beach and maybe some of the more mountainous areas of South Carolina. I didn't know it was known for its bayou. There are swamps. I did do a little Googling on that. Okay. okay. There are some swampy areas of South Carolina, but yeah, it's certainly not, uh, you know, Louisiana levels. Got some Bray Wyatt down there. A little avenging force action is what I was thinking Ooh, about. A little pentangle hunt hunt. Mm-hmm. So here's a big spoiler for everybody listening. And if oh, you don't want to hear this, you could turn it off right now. No, don't turn it off, please. Don't actually don't. Uh, John Triton is alive. And uh, the first person to find this out is Detective Van Buren, uh, who is the cop hot on the trail of Rome. And Van Buren, you know, instead of taking in Triton or questioning, just he kind of like, all right, well, look out for this Rome guy. Uh, That kind of raises an eyebrow right there, I I would think. Yeah, that's some questionable decision making. I think he may have some sort of ulterior motives. I think you may be correct, Ryan Campbell. Another little uh, trivia before you keep going is uh, Detective Van Buren, the great, 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 great grandson of former President Martin Van Buren, the eighth president of the United States. Was he ever in the gang, the Van Buren boys? Because I think George Costanza was. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, So once again, we hear Rome on the phone with this mysterious partner, and he decides he's just going to cut him out of the deal. Like, why split it? I can have it all. Because um, he doesn't have enough heat on him at this point, you know. Right. right. Just, just to establish that he is a horrible human being. Like this. <laughs> um, and this is also, I think, about the time where we, we get the scene you were talking about earlier, Ryan, where he's just, you know, trying to woo Kate, even though Angela's like right there, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just macking on her right there in front of Angela. I mean. Unless he was trying for the elusive, up. The elusive <laughs> three-way. I, I don't know. Yes. Was, what was he? Is that you think that was his move, Chad? I think so. I think Robert Patrick doesn't think in terms of two. I think he thinks in terms of threes. And his plan all along 
was to bring Kate along. He witnessed her potential there at the gas station. He thought to himself, this could be an easy little three-way here. And for what, an hour, two hours, he got her into the swamp, <laughs> got her nice and sweaty. Yeah. And then uh, he went for his plan. And unfortunately for him, the plan didn't work. I mean, to be fair, you know, he did have $12 million worth of diamonds that had to kind of tip the scales a little bit. I hear they are a girl's best friend. Do we ever see a diamond in this movie? Yeah, we do. Angela eventually has the diamonds like in her jacket or something. But yeah, I don't know where they were this whole time. Maybe up Malcolm's. How how much would 12? I guess it depends on the different cut and size of the diamonds. But how big of a bag would $12 million million worth of diamonds take up? Like it was like a crown royal bag. Yeah, I was. I'm assuming that probably about that size. But. In reality, like if I went to my local jewelry store and got twelve million dollars worth of diamonds, yeah. Uh, do you think a local jewelry store has twelve million dollars of diamonds in inventory at any given time? Listen, here in Cincinnati, Genesis Diamonds is the diamond retailer that cut out the middleman, and they deal directly to you, and they have everything in stock. Wow. So they probably have twelve million dollars worth. Of Are they paying you for this? No, but they do a lot of advertising on sports radio. Do you, do you know what's great about Cincinnati? What's that? <laughs> Grippos. Oh, okay. <laughs> he thought I was going to say nothing, but aren't Grippos a Cincinnati treat? We cover the entire Ohio gamut here on this podcast. It's, yes, it's yes. very. So Chad Cruz is a fan of Grippos. Uh, yeah. yeah, I really did think you were going to say nothing. It's kind of yeah, like the I old, thought about uh, it, but I didn't want to be mean. It's kind of like the old uh, Pat Patterson joke. You know who was talking about you last week? Nobody. Okay. Uh, where were we? I got sidetracked, and so did John Triton because he yes. was uh, sidetracked by two of these just backwoods. I don't know what they were doing out there. Obviously, something illegal because they were really antsy that all these police helicopters were going around, and they mistake John for a cop, which I, I guess is a sim- easy thing to do. Um, and uh, I don't know what they're if they're doing some deliverance type. <laughs> plans for him or just going to kill him. I, I don't know what the idea here was, but it certainly slows down John Triton's progress. It seemed like they had to put a little side quest in there. Then they felt like John Cena needed to beat somebody up. I'm a hundred percent in belief that that's what happened because he hasn't really fought anyone yet. Other than beating the shit out of Al Qaeda at the beginning. He, uh, he's basically just been like a punching bag. Most of the movie, just getting his ass kicked and explosions and stuff. But yeah, the two backwoods dudes are like, I don't know, but former NFL players turned drug dealers or something. They're two pretty big dudes. And, you know, they, they, they tie Triton up, but he does the whole gimmick where he, he, uh, he flips with the chair, does like a somersault and smashes the chair, which was actually pretty cool. I thought, yeah, that was a nice escape. Yeah. And then he beats the crap out of the guys. Did it blow up too? I think it blew up too. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of things that blow up around here. It's a very volatile world. I was thinking earlier watching the movie that, that, how do humans even survive in this world where everything is just ready to explode like that at a moment's notice? A lot of combustible elements. I have that thought all the time in real life. You should maybe talk to somebody, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, you said they were football. Maybe they were Gamecocks. I don't know. They, could um, have been. they, they very well could have been. So meanwhile, while uh, John is dealing with the two Gamecocks, uh, Rome and uh, his his guys and, and his ladies 
uh, finds it some sort of lodge type thing along the river to just kind of lay low. I don't know if they figured the cops wouldn't go double back and check there. I don't know what the, the story there was. Um, and now it's almost gets into, uh, felt a little Friday the 13th at this point because Malcolm is sent out to go check on the generator, get some power. And at this point, our hero, John Triton is waiting outside and he takes out Malcolm. Then Bennett is sent out to make sure the boat will start when they need to go. And again, he's taken out. I mean, he's, he's going Jason Voorhees style here because these guys are splitting up. Uh, props to the Bennett takedown, which I thought was pretty slick with like the choke slam through like eight stacked pallets. I thought that was pretty nice. That was cool. It's always fun when a wrestler can, can put a wrestling move into his film. And I, I feel like while it's not a John Cena move, it worked here. Yeah, John Cena only had five moves from what I understand. That's what I've heard, yeah. Uh, so Detective Van Buren now shows up. And uh, he, at this point, John has no idea what's about to come. Uh, he thinks now, oh, good, I have somebody on my side here. Let's take out, I took out two. Let's get the rest of them. This is over. I'll get my wife. We'll be done with this. So John turns the generator off. Power goes out. And this is the moment we were waiting for, Chad Cruz. Kate takes advantage of the situation. Yes. Yeah, she goes after Angela. And it's a... We're waiting for a Joey <laughs> Thank you. There I was. Yeah. I'm a little under the weather. That was, was, was kind of a hard move for me to make. Uh, we now get the big revelation, though. Officially, Ryan Campbell, about our good friend, Detective Van Buren. Yeah, I never trusted him. Yeah, and unfortunately, John did for a moment, but Rome spills the beans. That's his partner, uh, but it doesn't really matter because Van Buren isn't with us much longer. Uh, Rome, Angela, and Kate get away, and once again, something blows up, and once again, John Triton survives it. It It's crazy the amount of damage that's done with just a, a pistol. I don't, I don't own any firearms. I don't really know. Maybe... Chad, you could probably speak to this a little bit better. He's shooting just with a handgun and there are sparks flying everywhere in this room as if he's got like an AK and he's just spraying and praying. Like it was crazy. He's just one guy firing off and John Cena is running around and there's sparks flying everywhere. The whole place catches fire. I'd say that's certainly uh, the more cinematic use of a, of a, of any type of weapon. You know, a, a pistol is going to do if it's a 45, I don't know what he was shooting, but you know, it's going to do just as much damage as uh, as a larger round in, in that size of an area, like in a small room like that. And if it hits the right material, it could spark easily. But uh, an explosion like that, eh, I think old director John Bonito might have been uh, just trying to get the get some more money out of this film. You know, it was an impressive explosion. More explosions. Uh, yeah, and then uh, after John survives, there's a police boat. And John takes that police boat because why not? <laughs> he knows where the you know he did he did overhear where where they were heading, so he's on he's involved. He knows where he's going. And uh, meanwhile, Rome and Angela steal a truck. They handcuff Kate in the back, and uh, we get to John now, who eventually does catch up with them, and he jumps onto the truck as it's moving. And this is where things really start going crazy. Um, he opens this passenger door, pulls Angela, who has the diamonds in her coat, and just throws her in front of a bus <laughs> that's coming from the opposite direction. 
I audibly, I will say, when that happened, I, it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, that just really caught me off guard, and, and I thought it, I don't know, I wouldn't say it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. It just came out of nowhere. I was not expecting a, a death like that in the movie. Uh, and I would say that has to be the best death in the entire yeah. film. I wonder if that was originally going to be for Kate, you know, Kate to kick her or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just felt kind of out of place for, for John to do it. I would agree. That would have been a, yeah, she would have had that final say. And yeah, I, I, I like your rewrite there, Chad. But it does turn her into a murderer if that is, you know, if Kate does it. Well, that is also true. Not if she says some witty line like, your bus is here. Oh, <laughs> that'd be good. Then it's okay. Rome then manages to get that door closed, though. He locks it. John cannot enter. Uh, he, so Rome now just starts driving into buildings. John's hanging on the side for the longest of times, but eventually he does just have to let go or gets knocked off, however you want to look at it. Um, but Rome now just careening into a building, which has like propane tanks and whatnot, and it just now the truck's on fire. Uh, when that happens, Rome bails out. But Kate, mind you, is still in this truck. She cannot get out. There's a bar she's handcuffed to. Um, and that she's trying to get, reach forward into the front to grab the, the steering wheel. But it just keeps running over propane tanks and eventually out the wall and into the river. Propane uh, seems to be a very hot commodity in South Carolina. I don't know if I've ever seen some... Uh, Hank Hank Hill would 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 love to live in uh in South Carolina because yeah he would he would have uh propane and all their propane accessories for them uh he'd he'd be he'd be making a fortune he'd do some good business there all right so now we've got Kate who's in the truck that's now submerged in the water she's basically in a Harry Houdini scenario and Chad John Triton and Rome are going to finally have their final battle but uh rome he's picking up any weapon he can find oh yeah and this is the perfect atmosphere for that because you know there's tools everywhere and there's chains and shit and he grabs a lead pipe at one point and then uh he goes triple h on him pulls pulls a sledgehammer and you think this is like this is the ultimate weapon for a uh hand-to-hand finale and then he grabs a chainsaw my only problem with this, he grabs his chainsaw and it starts on the first pole. No way. <laughs> Some backwoods no shed chainsaw that's <laughs> covered in grease and yep. oil. Yeah, there's no way that thing's starting. First pole, no way. He had to prime it and press that little bubble like 10 times yep. and choke it. To curse several times. Yeah. There's just like... Well, the weapon that uh, John Triton uses, he basically just, the whole roof collapses on top of uh, Rome. Uh, which which is a perfect John Triton weapon to use because every room he enters explodes right? when he walks and, out. And it just, it, it, once again, he narrowly gets out of there. Um, it actually, <laughs> I think helps his dive because the, the force of the explosion just gets yes. him to get a nice, di- nice dive. He gets in, gets Kate out of the truck. And then, you know, obviously she's in a bad shape. She's been under there for a while. Perform CPR. What do you, what did you think of uh, his CPR technique, Chad? He's not going deep enough for sure. You really got to, I mean, you got to push that breastplate down. You got to smash them ribs. It's not a pleasant thing. You got to get in there deep. And and you would uh, think after being in the Marines for so long and not seeing his wife, he would have no problem going deep. Ooh, nice. I can get spicy too. 
that, yeah, I'm sure he did that afterwards. That's inappropriate, Ryan Campbell. All oh, right. Um, too much, yeah, too much. You went too far. This, this, is, this is a classy podcast. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, here's another spoiler alert. She lives. Uh, and uh, happily ever after, I guess, from this point on. Because despite the fact that there were several more Marine movies, John Cena was in none of them. Good for him. And it's kind of weird that his career took like a long hiatus acting wise. I mean, he didn't do a ton of, I guess he did 12 rounds, which was after he did 12 this. rounds. Yeah. But then it was like, I don't know, a while. And he went back to wrestling for a long time. And now he's like a pretty big star again with like, he's done a few big movies and of course right. fast and furious, which should have came out like five years ago, but keeps getting delayed <laughs> and everything. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. He took this big break, I guess, to go back to wrestling for a while uh before his career really took off yeah was it just so he could have that feud with the rock and say rock quit worrying about movies and i I don't know what that was it could be you know what's funny is because the rock's career was kind of similar you know he had scorpion king and then he did the scorpion king film which was a turd right and he never he didn't blow up at all like at the beginning you know what i mean he had he had a couple films that were fun to watch right uh, what was the one with Sean William Scott? Uh, and then wa- Rundown the was fun. Remake was was all right. Yeah. So if you think about like the first five years of his movie career, you know, hit, the Mummy Two was a bigger hit than the Marine, of course, but it led to the Scorpion King, which was a turd, and he he just kind of like sizzled there for a while before he, yeah, he finally caught fire. And yeah, like then he went down, down the Disney path for a little while there, was making yeah, those family-friendly yeah. movies. Obviously, that had to be some sort of management decision or, or some somebody was advising him to maybe step away. To I think it's a selling your soul to the devil situation. <laughs> it is interesting to think the completely side topic of uh, when, what was the film that, that The Rock kind of officially – became like the biggest star in Hollywood. Like it, or when he went from kind of, you know, a wrestler that does acting to, okay, this guy's bankable, you know, Hollywood star. I I have no idea. I'm just trying to go through here about when it, when was that moment when he kind of, yeah, was it like, yeah, like when they already said like he was, uh, when, when they added him to fast and furious, I would say yeah. even before yeah, then. Yeah, it had to be like before the, that oh. because when they when they added him, it was like he was you know he was there to fix right. or revitalize the, the franchise. So obviously, it's kind of underrated, but I feel like Gridiron Game may have been it because it was it was one where like because that was like after Doom, which was kind of a, a a drop, and that was like one of the first movies where he wasn't didn't do any like acting or like action stuff. He didn't beat anybody up. He just got the like act and and talk and stuff so maybe that i don't know after the, and then shortly after that it was like the game plan get smart race to witch mountain which was another disney film oh yeah i'm not really sure when it when it just kind of I'm, flipped i'm not sure he's that bankable to be honest with now? you i mean for every for every big film he does i mean all these big films that he's in they're either a superhero movie or an established franchise with nine films under them i mean what Yes, he's on TV constantly. He's got a thousand different avenues of income go- coming in, but I mean, yeah. But we're talking movies like Skyscraper and and like well, he's ma- he's still making movies that aren't making money. Hercules was a flop. 
Yeah, but San, I don't. They're making more money than what they have any business making. There, like San Andreas, Rampage. Uh, they actually like made a little bit of money that in China. that probably anybody else in that role would have wouldn't have done anything in. I mean, the GI. He was in GI Joe Retaliation, Empire State, Pain and Gain was big. Of course, Fast and Furious, Hercules was a flop. San Andreas was. It may have made money, but it's not like it it blew up. Jim and the holograms never even heard of it. Uh, I don't know. Jumanji Baywatch was, was a flop. Yeah, Jumanji, but that you know that goes back to the the history of of that. Maybe not as a franchise, but as a yeah. No one was asking you know, for a Jumanji reboot though when that movie came out. <laughs> what? That's true, but it, it was also an ensemble cast. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I, I love The Rock, you know, as much as anybody, but. I don't know. I just don't. I just can't point to that. that Other than maybe, maybe Fast Five, but like, when was the moment when he stopped being like, yeah, I don't know. When when did when did he become like the the Rock, the you know actor? That's the problem with with using uh, financial success of your film to like judge who the top actor is. Because I think if you put the Rock as the lead in a bunch of different movies, they may or may not be successful, but he's been in so many big movies that made tons of money. It's like, uh, it's like Batista, right? He's like, he, all his films make tons of money, but all his films are freaking Marvel movies. Right. Yeah. Or, or James so, Bond or half of his films right. are, or James Bond. Yeah. I mean, if you put me in a James Bond movie, I, it would still make a ton of money. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Despite me, in spite of me. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, the march to wrestlemania we have wrapped it up officially here on the bulletproof podcast again thank you for listening everyone uh and thank you for subscribing as we said at the top we are now have hundreds of subscribers and if you are not one of them join join your fellow action fanatics and you'll know exactly when new episodes of this show drop um and you know what as we also would love to hear from you so check us out on social media bulletproof pod uh, at twitter and um or on twitter and at bulletproof action on instagram and facebook chad cruz the warm weather is here it's t-shirt yes. season it is officially t-shirt season or for uh big fat guys it's year-round t-shirt season um t-shirt shorts and flip-flop season year-round for fat guys but we've got some amazing t-shirts uh bulletproof podcast t-shirts help support the show and help support, uh, you know, the podcast that brings you this amazing, wonderful content every two weeks. Uh, check us out, go to the uh, Bulletproof Action webpage, look at the top. There's a little tab that says Bulletproof shop and, uh, start spending money. I mean, you got that STEMI check in. Why not yeah, spend it? Got your Biden on bucks. A rad t-shirt. Hell yeah, dude. Get that Biden bucks. <laughs> Buy a rad t-shirt. That's right. Turn this off now and go buy a t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with, with that said, uh, we are out of They're time. They're already gone. Uh, so Ryan Campbell, thank you. Chad Cruz, thank you. And thank you all for listening to the Bulletproof Podcast. And as always, stay tuned for more. listening to the Geekscape Network.